Hello, Cubs fans, and welcome to a brand new edition of Cubs on Tap. I am Ron Luce, joining you live following the Cubs' 5-3 victory over the Cincinnati Reds. That victory here on Thursday night not only clinches three out of four over this Reds team, but the Cubbies are hot 13 out of their last 16 now for the Chicago Cubs. You guys know me. I'm Ron Luce, joined by me, myself, and I this evening. The rest of the boys were a little tied up with some things going on today, so we're still coming to you live. We're going to have a great show here today. If you're watching along with us on Twitter, you want to get in the conversation here and talk to me in the comments, just as my friend Mr. Jeremiah does here. The Reds broadcasters are such homers, as always. They're absolutely brutal. I am right there with you, buddy. But if you want to join us in the conversation, head over to the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. Hit the little ringer bell button. That way you know when all of our great shows go live, but especially when us here at Cubs on Tap go live. Because, ladies and gentlemen, we're going streak, and this Cubs team is fun as hell. I still have a bone to pick with the Chicago Cubs, in case you didn't know. I was in the attendance on Monday. I have a pretty good record at Cubs games this year. But that team couldn't give me one of the 40 runs that they scored over the, pardon me, 41 runs that they scored over the next three games to use to get the win in a sweep with a win on Monday. So neither here nor there, uh, Jeremiah and Scott here in the comments. Scott says, Morel and Gomes go over for the game. Nobody got more than one hit. Offense is in shambles. I, it, it feels weird, right, after the offensive onslaught uh, for this team to do what they did tonight. And Jeremiah says, hashtag, where's everyone? Well, I'll tell you what. I am in the clouds right now, ladies and gentlemen, because this Cubs team is a lot of fun. Uh, as Scott mentioned tonight, seven hits for the Cubs, five runs on those seven hits. And, yeah, no player had more than one hit tonight. Candelario had one hit. Madrigal had one hit. And then Swanson, Bellinger, Hap, Horner, Talkman all had one hit. Ian Hap with two walks tonight. Swanson, Morel, Candelario all with a walk as well. A couple of RBIs there as well. Morel walked in an RBI, obviously, as did Candelario uh, that really put the Cubs out in front in this one. Belly had a big RBI, as did Ian Hap earlier in the game with Nico on base. A lot of good things happening. And here's what I think about this game in terms of the offense. You know, again, I, I know Scott's being a little, you know, having a little, you know, satire here, right? But it just goes to show that this offense feels like they're hitting their stride in the way where they can come through in big moments. And I think we saw that tonight, right? Just seven hits as a team. Nobody had more than one hit. It was a very pedestrian offensive effort, again, especially considering what we just saw the last two games. But they managed to get it done in, in crucial situations. This Cubs team is hitting again with timely hitting. And I think that's the big key, right? That's what we saw a lot of from this Cubs team back in April. It was timely hitting. And that's why they were in the position that they were entering May before that kind of rough month skid that they ended up going on there. With everything, you know, in, in you know, everything that was going on in terms of the offense being cold, they are finally back. They are finally back. They are finally taking care of business in a timely manner when it comes to the offense. Just look at tonight, right? Nico Horner, double, gets on base. What does Ian Happ do right after him? Double to drive him in. That is timely hitting. Next time up, Belly. Belly delivers with, with a couple guys on. He drives in a run. That's another case of timely hitting. The two walks. Sure, not timely hits, quote unquote, but still productive walks. Christopher Morrell with an unbelievable at-bat. Rallying back 
like the way he did to take that walk with the bases juiced, walks in a run. Candelario, same thing. Walks in a run. And then in in the eighth, I think the eighth was the the perfect example of what this Cubs team has done lately. And that is whether they're down, whether they need insurance runs, whatever it might be, this Cubs team manages to come through in the clutch when they absolutely need to. And they did that. They did that in, in the eighth inning, right? They, you know, get things going. Dansby with the big ground rule double to get things started. He moves over on um, on the, uh, the the following base hit then. I don't know why I'm drawing such a Blake on who it was. From Candelario. <sighs> Long night, folks. Base hit then from Candelario makes it first and third with one out. And what does Jan Gomes do? He doesn't try to to be a hero. He he doesn't try to, you know, turn around and 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 be the you know get the three run bomb and then strike out. No, he puts a ball up in the air into right field, the easiest sack fly in the book, right? The hardest throw to make from right field, especially from from deep right. It's exactly what he did. That is timely hitting. That is knowing the situation, knowing the Cubs could could absolutely use an insurance run after being up. Four to one, and then the, the Reds storming back with their two runs that they got. And they took care of business. And then Adbert Alzale is just filthy. And we'll get to the pitching here in a second. Lots of comments. Appreciate you guys jumping in here on the conversation. Jeremiah says, you're welcome to Milwaukee for now. Yes, the Milwaukee Brewers as a result of tonight's game move into first place officially with a half game lead. Cubs now just two and a half out uh, in the division right now. Uh, Scott saying here, if this team... It takes two of three or better against the Braves. So either two or three or a sweep. Uh, he's going to talk himself into a World Series trip. I mean, you know, Scott, I don't think that's entirely outlandish. I really don't. And I think that might catch a lot of people off guard. Because this Cubs team has what it takes to win in the playoffs. If you look at the playoffs every single year, they found slug. Christopher Morales slugs. Dansby Swanson has been slugging. Cody Bellinger can slug. They they can slug. They can get on base. We've seen that. A lot of guys on this team are, are good at taking walks, right? Mike Talkman has been an on-base machine all season long. Ian Happ has taken a ton of walks despite his struggles at, at the plate. And then you factor in the defense. I think the defense is the biggest piece. This is a completely cut... The 2016 Cubs were one of the best defensive teams in baseball. There's a big reason they were as good as they were that year. And sure, maybe this Cubs team isn't as deep. But I think the one thing this Cubs team has that maybe that other Cubs team didn't have was just some of these veterans. Because the veterans on that team weren't the workhorses. They weren't the they weren't the guys delivering night in and night out, per se, right? Obviously, Ben Zobrist was a huge part of that team. John Lester was a huge part of that team. But, like, David Ross was typically only catching more often than not for John Lester. He would catch, you know, Arietta every once in a while. Obviously, he caught Arietta's no-hitter, et cetera. But it wasn't like the the veterans, the 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 Wiley vets weren't, like, throwing the, the team on their back, right? It was the Rizzos. It was the Bryants. It was the Baezes. It was the Addison Russells of that time. It was the Wilson Contreras, et cetera, that were getting the job done. Now, it really is kind of the vets, that have kind of taken the rest of the team and said, let's go. We're going. And you're either coming with us or you're getting left behind. Dansby, 
has been lights out since returning from the IL. Absolutely lights out. The guy is is playing out of his mind baseball right now. Talk about a real a, a competitor, a guy that just wants to consistently win on a night in and night out basis. He's getting it done every single day at the dish since returning from that injury. Perhaps one of the hottest hitters in baseball in that time period. Cody Bellinger, fresh off an NL player of the month nod. 400 is what he bat during the month. An 11.24 OPS. That's MVP level Cody Bellinger again. And then you look at some of the other pieces on this team that are, are, are in the position right now to carry them the way there. Heimer Candelario, right? We talked about his full circle moment on Tuesday between Juice and I, you know, coming in and, and being able to provide this thing. He's got nine hits. Like Juice says here in the comments, team does the little things that what it takes to win. There's a lot of a lot of having fun watching this team, like Hank says here. Are we not entertained? As Mr. Redbeard says. Burt has been absolute nails, for sure. The bench guys came in, you know, in 16 when their number was called. Guys like Miggy, yeah. And we're kind of seeing that a little bit this year. Mike Talkman is a perfect example of that. A guy that's come through, especially in the pinch hit. That guy's been a pinch hit, just nemesis for, for pitchers so far this season. You know, we've seen it with guys like Nick Madrigal. We, we've seen them get the depth support that they absolutely need in a lot of these scenarios, we really have. It's been impressive. This Cubs team, Scott, to your point again, will they win the World Series? Chances tell you no, right? But just like just like in the Avengers, right? There was that one, one time lapse where it happened, where they defeated Thanos. This Cubs team has what it takes. Can they just be the hottest team in baseball when October rolls around? That's really what it comes down to. Can they pitch? Are they healthy? And can they get this timely hitting and play defense? If they can do that, I won't say never. I'll say it's unlikely, but I won't say never. They have what it takes. I, I, I'll i tell you guys, it, it has been a, a sensational run that this Cubs team is on. This was a fun series to watch. Obviously, the offensive onslaughts were were fun. To me, though, tonight's game was the one that kind of put it all together, right? Yes, we, we love the big offense. We love, you know, 36 runs in two games. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed every single second of it. Very, very low, low stress victories. Those are fun. But it's, it's games like tonight where you see the whole package, I think, of what this team can offer come together. And that's what gets me as a Cubs fan excited. I know that gets all the other Cubs on tap boys excited as well. Because that is that is what it's going to take to to truly win this division and, and make the playoffs. Christopher Morell called this shot, by the way, in case anybody forgot about that last night. He called the shot. He said, this team's making the playoffs. It's nights like tonight that show that, right? Big at-bats. Even though Christopher Morell's walk was his best at-bat, just like Scott says here, the most impressive at bat was Morel's walk because that's a high leverage situation. You're down in the count early. You work back, you fight, and then you, you force the guy to throw a pitch. He doesn't want to throw and you take the walk and a run gets walked in to take the lead at the time. And then they followed up with an, another insurance run off Candelario's walk. 
And then again, we talked through the eighth already, right? Jan Gomes coming through with the big sack fly there. Let's talk a little bit about the pitching though, right? We, we've we've nauseated over the over the bats so far tonight, and it, it was well worth it. Don't don't get me twisted. Jamison Tyone early in this game did not have his best stuff. Plain and simple, right? Just did not have his best stuff. But the difference between this Jamison Tyone that we're seeing now in the month through the month of July into tonight's start, the version of Jamison Tyone that we are seeing now is exactly the version of Jamison Tyone this team needs. Sure, he only gave you five innings tonight. Would you have liked him to go on six? Absolutely. Would have loved Jamison to, to get a quality start. But the fact that he threw as many pitches as he did, he, he was at 47 pitches through two innings. And somehow he managed to get out of this game throwing 92 pitches through five. That's fantastic. That's efficiency. That's that's getting your head on straight and saying, I don't have my best stuff tonight. I'm not doing exactly what it is that I wanted to do, but I'm going to battle and give this team a chance to win. And Jamison Tyone did exactly that tonight. Five innings of work, the seven hits, just the two earned runs, one of them being off that home run. Only walked to Cade five. I'll tell you what. We talked about it. As a, as a group here at Cubs on Tap, not every pitcher is going to have their best stuff every single day. That's just the nature of the beast. That's why we're such a big fans of, of Justin Steele, friend of the program. Because when he's not on and doesn't have his best stuff, he still battles. And you see it. You can see when he's fighting himself a little bit, but he's just battling. He's giving you his best that he has that day. That's what Jameson Tyone did today. And I'll take that. I will take that five days out of the week plus Saturday, plus Sunday, plus an imaginary day you want to throw up there. That was fantastic stuff tonight from Jamison Tyone. Like this start, to me, again, going back to why this game to me was the the, the most impressive of the series. The, the offense is great. It's fun. It's awesome when you're winning by double-digit double runs. It's even more impressive, though, when you're in a tight ball game and everybody on the team can do exactly what they need to do in certain clutch moments to get the victory. Because again, that's what winning ball clubs do. Winning ball clubs don't just slug their way to, you know, the top. Sometimes they do, if they're truly that deep and they they just have what it takes. But this Cubs team, right, we've seen it all year. They're one of the most fascinating offenses in baseball. For a long time, they were below 500, yet they had the, the second highest scoring offense in terms of 10 plus run games at one point in the middle of July. In the middle of July, coming out of the All-Star break, they were second in the league, first in the NL in 10-plus run games. Only Texas had more than them in the entire league. They had more than the Braves. They had more than the Tampa Bay Rays, who for the first half of the season were two of the best offenses in the league. Now, the Cubs are still doing it. They're the best in the NL still. I don't know if they've caught Texas yet because Texas is just an offensive juggernaut right now. But that doesn't matter. Truly, at the end of the day, what matters is they get the job done in these tight games. And Tyone did that ex exact thing tonight. Love what I saw to Jameson Tyone. Kudos to him. He's back to 500 as a pitcher. Talk about a guy who has battled, has worked, has gotten his head on straight. Whatever it was that was he was trying to figure out, whether he was tinkering with new, new grips, new ways that he throws, whatever. He took, he did exactly what he needed to do. He battled tonight. He gave this Cubs team five strong innings. He kept them in the ballgame. 
And at the end of the day, especially when your pitcher doesn't have his best stuff, that's all you can ask for. And he did exactly that. And then he turned it over to Mark Leiter Jr., who was absolutely beautiful. One and a two-third for his 19th hold of the season. Perfect one and a two-third, I might add. Four punch-outs as well. Again, talk about a guy. We're starting to see the bullpen come together. Guys are finding their roles. Guys are, are, are figuring out what they do best. Man, Mark Leiter Jr. is killing it in that six, seven, sometimes eight role. He is he has found his groove. He did fantastic. Merriweather comes in. Sure, he gives up the home run, but three Ks from him. He doesn't walk anybody in his inning of work. And then Adbert Alzale. Two strikeouts, four outs of perfect baseball, and another save. For Mr. Nasty Edward Alzey, that's number 13 on the season now as the closer. As Chief Redbeard said here a little bit earlier, good to see you again, brother. Uh, we missed you in the comments, my friend. Good to see you. Bird has been nails. Bird has been nails. He's been fantastic. He is he has taken that closer role and he has owned it. You know, early in the season, obviously Fulmer was going to get the look. He was the guy coming off of, you know, being a closer, being a very good closer at that. But Adbert was finally given the chance, right? Adbert early in the season, remember everyone, was a, a two, two, three inning guy. And then they said, you know what, Adbert? We need you to start shutting down games. And he said, I got you, coach. And he's done just that. And he's been absolute nails, just like Chief Redbeard says here in the comments. Absolute nails. That slider, gross. The fastball, gross. Give him a little sidestep and a shuffle. It's all gross. Edward Alzale, sensational once again tonight in getting the job done. I mean, this is, again, this is a complete game. This was a complete game from the Chicago Cubs. They took care of business. This Reds, it's a, this is a good Reds team. Cubs are three games above 500 now. They're in this division. And they're, they're, they're the hottest team in baseball right now. They came out of the all-star break on a mission. I, I would love to know if there was, you know, a departure meeting, something like that, just with the whole team. And they said, hey, get ready, get right, and get healthy. Because we're going on a run. We're going to turn this thing around in the second half, and we're going to play meaningful, competitive baseball late into the season. And they're doing it. And they're coming through when it matters most. And again, back to the defense. Jeremiah's saying here, Hap had a great catch tonight against the wall. Absolutely. The defense continues to come through on a nightly basis. The offense is coming through on a nightly basis. And like Juice says here in the comments, he says, I'll say this week they put the NL Central on notice if they take two of three this weekend. They put the league on notice, 100%. Yeah, the NL Central's on notice this week. They took down the Reds, three of four. And again, we're in it on Monday night. I mean, they had multiple opportunities to win that game. Multiple opportunities. And you had an, uh, an unhealthy Stro who's now on the IL. And they still were right there at the end. Right there at the end. But yeah, the NL Central's on notice. If I'm the Brewers, I'm scared. If I'm the Reds, I'm scared. This Cubs team is the best team in the NL Central. We knew that coming into the season, but they're playing like it now. They're finally playing like it now. And we're really starting to see what this team can do when they're playing the way... They were constructed to play. Timely hitting, good defense, pitch well. And they've done it. And they've been absolutely 
complete, a complete baseball team the whole way through here so far. And yeah, you got a big one coming up this weekend. But I want to give some final thoughts before before we go ahead and, and we look to this upcoming series with the Braves. It's a big one. I'll be there in attendance on Sunday, assuming the weather cooperates. I know there's a chance of rain, so we'll tentatively say I have tickets to be there. This Cubs team has built a ton of momentum out of the break. I mean, they came out of the break. They lost two out of three to the Red Sox. But since that, since then, they have not, have not looked back. Not at all looked back. They are taking care of business. And it's exactly what you want to see. If I'm the NL Central, I am, I am scared. Just like Juice said. And I'll tell you what. If they do meaningful damage against a very good Braves team this weekend, the rest of the league is going to start looking around and going, shit, what the hell is going on in the north side of Chicago? Because this Cubs team is playing some meaningful – they're playing. They're going to play meaningful baseball down the stretch. And again, if they can stay hot and they can play the way that they're built to play, if I'm any team in MLB, I'm scared. I don't want to see this team in the playoffs if they're playing like this. Plain and simple. If they're playing like this, I go, all right, we're in for a battle. Chicago Cubs are for real, folks. We learned it this week. And now they just need to keep playing like the way they played. Because they're showing people what they can do when they play the way that they can absolutely play. Like Jeremiah says, feels like we could win a series against anyone. I think it does feel like they can win a series against anybody. It really does. It's crazy to think, but this Cubs team is absolutely rolling. Those are my final thoughts. Again, tonight, this to me, this was the most impressive win in the series. 36 runs in two games is really cool. Don't get me wrong. Loved every single second of it. I'll probably watch the highlights of those two games for at least a week. Tonight was the most complete baseball game that they played because the offense, nobody had more than one hit. But it was timely hitting. Jameson Tyone battled. The bullpen arms battled. They got timely hitting for an insurance run there in the eighth. And Adbert shut the door. That's a recipe for success, if you ask me, and you absolutely love to see it. Let's talk about this Brave series now, folks, coming up over the weekend. Uh, Cubs take three or four again against the Reds. Three games set coming up here with the Braves at home. Starting with Friday's game, the next time you will hear from us here at Cubs on Tap will be Sunday. Um, following that game, again, hopefully I'm I'm there and I'm coming back and we're talking about good stuff after being in the bleachers on Sunday. But Cubbies and Braves do battle starting on Friday. It's a 120 start at beautiful historic Wrigley Field on the north side of Chicago. Pitching matchup for tomorrow, it's a good one. It's uh, finally a healthy Max Freed, the left-hander 2-1 and one on the season, but a 2-0 ERA and 25 Ks so far. And it is the professor, Mr. Kyle Hendricks, on the bump for the Cubbies. He's 4-5, 349 ERA so far this season since he returned 
from injury. Jeremiah with an interesting stat here about this is Marcel Zuna versus Kyle Hendricks has been a monster. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll try and stay away from him. I think that's a good move. Um, Chief Redbeard had something. Well, Dansby's going to have some extra this weekend, wants to prove Atlanta they made a mistake. I agree. Let's talk about that for a second here. That That's an incredible point, Mr. Redbeard. I was talking about this this evening with my girlfriend. Dansby is that level of competitor where pettiness exists. He wants to prove a point. I think that's why the Cubs have played the way they've played since he returned from the IL, now that he's healthy. And he's he's put the Superman cape on and, and taking care of business. He absolutely wants to show the Braves that they fucked up. Don't get me wrong. I think he's happy he's here. I don't think he's wishing he was still in Atlanta. I think he's happy in Chicago. You know, he's playing in the same city as as his wife, as Mallory. He doesn't have to worry about that stress of being away from her. He's playing in a great city. It's his grandfather's favorite team. As somebody who just recently lost my grandfather, I I I understand the connection. But you better believe that Dansby Swanson is ready to put the Superman cape on this weekend and do some shit. And it's going to be in all facets of the game. It's not just going to be with the bat. You better believe he's robbing somebody of something that they they thought was a base hit. Probably more than once, if I'm being brutally honest. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It really is. He's 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 the guy to watch this weekend. He's my fly the W pick. We'll just get it out of the way right now. Dansby Swanson. He's playing his old team. First time he's playing his old team. Of course he wants to do damage against them. It's gonna be fun. Dansby's Dansby's gonna do some shit this weekend. I'm 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 very pumped for it. So great point there, Mr. Redbeard, uh, with all of that. Uh in the comments here, Mr. Scott saying he believes the frustration with the Lions before the trade deadline were because of the heavy hand of Jed since the deadline Ross has full control. Put those hashtag fire Ross fans on notice. I agree. I, I think there was, again, if you really look at it with Ross, he hasn't managed under any normal circumstances. 2020 was a shit show of a year because of the shortened season. 2021 was the, the largest sell-off in recent memory of any given team. 2022 was this weird figuring it out year. And then they kind of started to figure it out, you know, and their whole pitching staff was hurt. And, you know, it it was just kind of a weird year. And then this year, you know, it just took them a while to get going because again, they had to kind of hit the reset button again. You know what I mean? So who, who knows? And, and Joey says he's Scott first time caller, long time listener. Uh, Ross deserves a ton of credit and did give him a lot of BS early on. Took him a while to figure it out, but he didn't. That's what's important. Agreed. He's had a he's had a rework three four full rosters in four years as manager. He hasn't had a normal situation where they say this is your team. We might buy. There was no we might buy narrative at the beginning of the season. They were just telling Ross go out there and see what this t- team does and we'll figure it out on the fly. Because I don't even think the front office totally knew what this team was going to be this year. So you got to give credit where credit's due. He he has gone out and he has. Uh, he is he has done it. Scott says I listen, he listened to Jed on the score today. Sounded like he was controlling the lineup to get max value out of some players, same as last year. Again, Ross not managing under normal circumstances. And now Jed has let the reins go and says, This is your ball club. Take us to the promised land. Get us to the playoffs. 
We saw it last season. The second half of the season, the Cubs were one of the best teams in baseball. That 48-41 and 41 stretch down the season was, was no joke. With a very, very underly, underwhelmingly talented team in comparison to this year. I, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I will say if there's one thing I've learned about Cubs fans, sometimes they jump the gun a little bit. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm just being honest. Without anything, Ross, certain player not playing well. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Remember that. It's not football. It's, it, it's, it's not a 17-game season. It, shit takes time to figure out sometimes. It really does. For example, I saw a lot of people – you know, calling for the Cubs to, to move some of their big prospects. Move on from Owen Casey. We don't need him. I just wrote an article over today at ontapsportsnet.com about Owen Casey getting some national love from the Just Baseball guys. He has been unreal, in case you guys didn't know. If you follow friend of the program, Mr. Brian Smith, over at, at Bleacher Nation, you probably do. Um, you know, and if you follow Bulls guy Rob, our prospect guy here in-house, you probably know about Owen Casey. But Owen Casey right now has like the sixth best season for a 21 and younger player in double A since 2006. He's been unreal. He has like a 148 WRC plus. He's slashing in the in the 280s. I think he's hitting 288 right now. Over over 550 slug. I think it's 556 to be exact. 391 on base. He's got 20 bombs, 69 RBIs in 86 games. That's real nice. 22 doubles to go along with that as well. People were ready to write him off and just say, trade him, trade him, trade him. No, don't trade him. Because I think there's a world right now in the next couple of years where if Seiya Suzuki's not getting it done, Owen Casey might take his place in right field. Baseball is a sport of patience. And I think for some people that that's hard because it is such a long season. A lot of shit happens in 162 games. And we're starting to see it. We're starting to see what this Cubs team could do after everybody was calling for this team to be wiped off the face of the earth just a few weeks ago. But that's the beauty of baseball. That's what ba- makes baseball poetic, romantic. That's why people love it. You can have four different storylines for a, a one team in, in a single season. And then you you multiply that by 30. It's It's the greatest novel you could ever read because it's different year in and year out. Just like we were talking last night with with Tim from Late Night Reds. Baseball is a very year-to-year sport. Probably more so than any other sport. I would say maybe football is the only other year-to-year sport. Where, unless you're atrociously bad, like the next year you could probably turn it around if you make the right moves. Baseball is the same way. There's a reason teams go so far, you know, so hard all in on trying to go for it. That's why the Angels went as hard in as they did. They're going to lose Shohei Otani. They're like, we're trying to capitalize on having the, the greatest play, baseball player on the planet with the other greatest baseball player on the planet and try and do something. I think Jed looked at this Cubs team and said, we need one bat and maybe one reliever. And we can run it and do some damage. Maybe they don't win the championship, but they can build something for next year. They're going to be fun, man. And, and this Braves weekend is a real, real opportunity for kind of to put a feather in the cap and say, we took two out of three against the best team in baseball. Put the league on notice, like you said in the comments. Put the league on notice. Make people be afraid to play the Chicago Cubs. 
That's Chicago Cubs baseball. Chicago Cubs fans have been foaming at the mouth for a team like the 15, 16, 17 Cubs. Even the 18 Cubs to an extent. Obviously, 19 things went downhill and they haven't really been the same since. But remember when it was fun to be feared as a Cubs fan? That your team was so good that other teams feared when they had to play the, play the Cubs? Cubs are building momentum again, and I would be afraid to play them. I don't care if it's the Braves. It's a big weekend. Cubs can make a real statement. And the, and the Braves can get a real wake-up call. They haven't scored a lot of runs since the All-Star break. I believe it was 62 coming into action tonight. With tonight's five runs, the Cubs have scored 150 runs since the All-Star break. That is by far and beyond the best in baseball. Sure, some inflated games will help that. But they've done it pretty consistently. The bats continue to hit. It's going to be a warm weekend of air blowing out at Wrigley. The bats continue to hit. If the pitchers pitch, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a weekend. So tomorrow's game, Hendricks versus Freed, as I mentioned. Saturday, right now, the Cubs are listing TBD. If I'm a betting man, it's Hayden Wesneski taking the bump. Maybe he gets piggybacked with Javier Assad. I could see a world where perhaps they do call somebody up and you know send somebody down for a day just as a paper transaction, more or less, to say, okay, we need to bring a Caleb Killian or somebody up like that to spot start for now. But I really think they're going to give it to Hayden. I think it's going to be Wes Neske on Saturday. Again, maybe piggybacked by a guy like Javier Assad. I don't think that's totally out of the realm of possibility. And then Sunday, Charlie Morton's a pretty good pitcher, folks, in case you didn't know. He's got a 10-9 record, 362 ERA. You know who's also really sick? Justin Steele. He's on the bump on Sunday, Steele Day on Sunday. I can't wait to be at the ballpark when Justin shoves 12 and three, 265 ERA on the season. Joey says, Good night, Cubs W, sleep type. Coffee isn't necessary when you have a good baseball team to root for. Incredibly well said. But before we get out of here, I want to remind everybody Cubs on Tap, one of two official Cubs podcasts here of the On Tap Sports Network. Go ahead and check out our friends over at the Dingers podcast at Dinger Cubs on X and Instagram. Uh, be sure to follow them. They are live every Monday night right here on the ONTAP Sportsnet YouTube cha- uh, YouTube page as well as on their Twitter account. So, again, be sure to follow along with the Dingers boys. Follow us, too, at Cubbies on Tap on X and Instagram as well. I am at Loose on Tap. Follow all the other boys as well at Joey Knows Nothing at Juice on Tap at Nick underscore on Tap at Teddy Freddy 270 at Bulls Guy Rob. You know the drill. Follow them all. Show them some love. The boys do a good job. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks, Bears, Bears, Bears. Bears are real close. You'll hear my ugly mug on Bears on tap here soon, too. So follow along with all of them and on Four Feathers if you're a big hockey fan. Bulls, Bears, Blackhawks. They're coming. Fall sports will be here before you know it. We'll still be in full gear here on Cubs, but fall sports are coming, too. October might be the best month of Chicago Chicago sports we've had in a long time. It'll be kind of cool. And again, Cubs fans, you have friends that like the Southsiders. We have friends that like the Southsiders too. They're down bad. Uh, they got they got beat up in Texas this last series. Send your friends to our friends over at Socks on Tap. On tapsportsnet.com at on tap sportsnet on social media, the on tap sports network. Go ahead and check out what's on tap in Chicago sports. Cubs win five to three. Take care of the Reds three out of four. It was a beautiful week. We put the NL Central on notice, just like Juice said. It's time to put the league on notice as the Braves come to town this weekend. I will be in the bleachers on Sunday, assuming the weather cooperates. Be sure to follow along on the good old X account. 
says feel so stupid to say. Lots of good content. Hopefully we're talking about a W. Cubs on Tap is back with you guys Sunday night following that Braves series. We'll have a full Braves recap for you all on that night. And then we're back into normally scheduled programming. Just two shows during the middle of the week for us. Recapping games next week as they play three with the Mets. Dinger boys are live on Monday night during that game. And then uh, it's an off day before they head to Toronto. Piggybacked by another off day and then two with the Sox and another off day. I'll be in the I'll be in the bleachers twice, potentially, that week of the Sox and Royals series. So be on the lookout for that as well. It's going to be a big, big series. I hope we're talking about the same momentum and, and crazy shit we are tonight. Cubs win, baby. We love to see it. FTC, FTB, FTR, and let's go Cubbies.